Welcome to the family with Mike Gelfand, second banana, Jimmy Francis, Mayor, and Andy Brant Bernard. There you go. Jimmy's in. Now we're talking. Now I, we're talking. I missed the beat there because I was focused on playing the drums. I just get so tired of playing those drums every week. Yes, I understand. It's and the way you true. can fade out while playing drums, that's impressive. Very talented. <laughs> that's right. Very talented. Takes a professional. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant press it nobody talked over me when i tried to speak it's it's coming more common, more and more common, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> mm. I have a little bit of a problem with that on the morning show. It's like you try to talk and everybody just talks right over you. So is that a, a young person thing? Yes. You know, well, we have to do something about You know that. what? As I, I'm going to talk over you now. Did you catch yes. that? No, but, <laughs> yes. but, but, but seriously, you know, the, part of the reason is that people feel really comfortable. And, That's true. And when people are having conversations, they talk over each other. Yeah. I don't. Well, um, I, I mean, you, just listen. When you see three or four people <laughs> chatting, there will be crosstalk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's not a radio show or a, a podcast. Well, but, I mean, people want that conversational, casual atmosphere in a podcast. Do they? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can't talk at all because somebody else is always talking. You mean like that? Sure. That's all I'm saying. Now, it's uh, it's an interesting world. That's all I have to say. In any case, the mayor's with us. How are you doing, mayor? So far, so good, but we're not out yet. You we're know, not out of what? <laughs> any of it. You know, there's any of it? Uh, the show, uh, walking over each other, uh, uh Dinner, dinner's not done yet. I gotta, I gotta figure yeah. out dinner. Our dinner's done. That. We made a stew. Ooh, mm, stew. I'll make a stew. Mm. Oh, stew season's stew. almost out, though. Yeah, it sure is. It's, well, it's gonna be forty on Saturday, so hey. Yeah. So you had to bring that up because I'm coming back to town, so it goes from eighty-eight degrees down to forty. I'd rather it be forty than eighty-eight. Oh really? Yeah, that's right. You don't hot. like hot weather. It's true. So what's happening? What's happening, Mayor? <clears throat> you know, yeah, in my in my life personally, we're uh, we're getting ready for Earth Day. Earth Day. Earth Day. Mm -hmm. Earth Earth Month in South St. Paul. So the doing, you know, picking up, making good choices when it comes to your water, checking your water, making sure you're not using too much water, those kinds of things, and uh, I'm again personally getting ready for my cleanup, which my dad started. 
on the very first Earth Day in the ravine in front of our house, oh. and we continue it on. You've seen that ravine, Tom. You, you mm-hmm. looked out there and thought we were on a golf course. It's that, yep. pr- it's that pristine. Uh, so we do that every year, and so this, we had some trees fall down with that last thick winter storm, and trying to, f- and they're all garbage trees. Yep. They did us a favor by ripping the tops off, so now we can get in there and get them. <laughs> saw them down and get them out of there but uh, buckthorn and you know i love buckthorn yeah no i do i love it it keeps neighbors away uh well it's because my neighbor hates it yeah there you go and so i just make sure it's there and you know i I like prune them every year just to make sure they're just right you gotta cultivate it well you know it it really is uh buckthorn was in as um as ornamental brought in as ornamental yeah right and then it just it spread and then it just becomes invasive and right it's, well, so. they're they're an invasive uh, species, but, but you know, I'm I'm surrounded by invasive species. So why <laughs> would I care? Yeah. yeah, every species is invasive exactly. if you look at it the right way. The human species. I don't know about being invasive. We just I you know I stay to myself. Mm-hmm. I actually came up on on the morning show yesterday. People talk about, oh, God, everybody just can't get wait, wait to get back to work. They've been working remotely. They've been working from home. They can't get wait. I've been working from home now for 30 years, and I can't wait to get even more distance, <laughs> if you know what I'm yeah. saying. Well, eventually you will. I will. Probably a few more years. That'll be about it. Either yeah. three more days or three more years. I can't make it up. i got to make up my mind. What do you think? I'd hate to see you retire again. I never did retire. That's the great part of it. That's that's what I just love about that whole thing. Oh, and he retired. No, you're an asshole. I didn't retire. Right. That's well, the big. There's a big difference. Uh, well, that, I was being ironic. Uh, I know you were, you pill. No, I can figure that kind of stuff. See, I actually pay attention, unlike most people. I wasn't sure. No, I wasn't. So it, it all works out in the end. So everything else is good. You guys, it, now, it, today it's supposed to be 88 there, isn't it? Yes, very yeah. very nice. Uh, we have the air conditioning on in our home. We turned it on, and well, I yeah, I don't 88. know if that's good or bad, but uh, that's the way it is at the Francis house. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting until my cat wilts, and then I'll turn on the air conditioning. Sure, yeah, low to the ground too, so that's uh, you know cats <laughs> yeah. are normally so it's cooler down there. Yeah. And then I, it's yeah. going to you snow to, on Sunday. Sunday, yeah, yes, it it's is. not going to accumulate, is it? I highly doubt it. Yeah. It's going to be 56 the next day, and oh, then it's yeah. going to be in the 60s, which is perfect for me. So it looks like we are getting a spring. We just got summer first. Yay. That was it. We got three days of summer. Yay. I, um, when, when I take my daily walk, I, I go past a, a parking lot, a big parking lot. And it, there's not really snow there anymore. It's that snurt. Yep. And I figure that'll be gone by July. July. Oh my God! It's like it's reinforced by the uh, filth. Yeah, it's still well. It's still like the the piles of it are like five feet high because you know in a parking lot everything gets shoved to the edges. Yep. So yeah, it's going to be a long time. See what you're missing, Tom? Come back to welcome back to Snurt. Eighty-seven one day, eighty-eight the next day, forty when I'm my plane lands. You know, it's, it'll be. <laughs> but it's supposed to be in the sixties, I guess, next week or. Early. Yeah, you'll be able to go to the Twins games. So, do you guys have a uh, airport designee pickup, or do you have a car at the airport? Or how, we how used does... to park our car at the airport, but we haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. No, we haven't. Alex usually picks me up from the airport because she lives in Bloomington. Yeah, she's anyway. like right there. Beautiful. I'm a designated so, picker-upper. Yeah. Oh, you family. are. 
I used to be until people became rightfully scared mm. to drive with in the car with me. I'll just walk home, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> got a lot of Ozies out there. People owe me a lot. I've people, done the 5 yeah. o'clock in the morning. The, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's scary. And there are people who would actually rather hitchhike than ride in my car. Yeah. What? Well, they figured the odds of dying were worse with me driving. It'd be fun to have you in a simulator, (laughs) right? And see what what you would do, how you would react to that stuff. Some need for speed. Yeah, that well, I you know I don't Let's mind do that. I don't mind going fast. I'll go up to thirty-five miles an hour. Oh well, you but, do have but, the need for speed. But the thing you got to remember is the state of Minnesota does not allow me to drive more than thirty-five miles an hour. That's what happens when you just barely pass the vision test. Let's go. Oh. There's got to be a VR place that can do that, right? Like I would assume you in, so, yeah. Let, let's go do that, Mike. Get you in a car and get you driving 65 <laughs> at night and see how you react. No, see what I, happens. You know, I don't want to live on the edge anymore. It's just a simulator. <laughs> Even then. Yeah, come on. I feel bad be for all those simulated people. Uh, my whole life is virtual reality. Yeah, I suppose. I'm, I'm sorry to make fun of it. That you, have, you know, uh, we all just pictured something. We all just pictured something in our heads when you said that. It's well, like, really? I, I left it open for yeah. your imagination. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank it's you the least I much. can do. Indeed. So everything else going well? How about uh, any, I'm just looking through the news right now. It doesn't look like there's any huge news in Minneapolis-St. Paul today. Do you, do you know of anything uh, you should be looking? Yeah, just basically here's the, the headline I like. Record heat followed by wildfire warning and then a chance of snow. <laughs> Only Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota. <laughs> Put out the fire then. Exactly. Nature is in balance. That that yeah. probably should be the theme of, you know, those commercials that the state runs. Every state mm-hmm. runs, you know, spend the summer in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's so much to do. Yeah. Uh, locally here, Tom, uh, Minneapolis City Council okays expansion of hours for Muslim calls to prayer. Oh, they can now, be don't, see, now you're triggered. See, we were going just fine. No, well, I have a question for you. I'm mm-hmm. just reading the headlines. <laughs> That's right. I, it's the first I've heard of it. Here's a question I do have for you. Um, and I got nothing against Muslims. You know, Muslims have their Islam is their deal, and I got nothing. That's fine. Mm. But what I don't understand is. First, it was the Jews for about, what, 100 years in America that got treated like dirt? Mm, yeah, there's still some of that, Tom. Oh, absolutely. There's no question. But you were singled out. Mm-hmm. And now, right. for some reason, uh, it's, it's Christianity, specifically Catholicism, that they just hate Catholics now. And I don't have any—no, I grew up Catholic. Maybe that's why I take offense to it. But I, what did Catholics do recently that's— that makes them the one religion that's not inclusive. Because they said when they put that story in mm-hmm. uh, that uh, the the call to prayer is very inclusive. Oh, oh yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they said. I mean, I don't know if it is or no, not. No, I, I, I mean, it, it is, it is uh, obviously for that community, of course. Yeah, but they're kind of implying that we should all come together, and, and which again, I you want to do whatever you want to do. I don't care what. I'm not a very religious person. I guess is the reason I don't care about that kind of deal. Yeah, same here. I don't really believe that God talks directly to me and goes, "Tom, get out of radio." <laughs> you know what I mean? You, but you're hearing the voice. But yeah. you don't, yes, you don't think that. <laughs> you hear it, you just ignore it. That's all. <laughs> well, that might not be God. That voice in my head might not be God. Well, you know, we're we're, we're going in cycles. No one hated the Catholics more than the Ku Klux Klan. That is That's true. Correct. And, I don't know why they did though. Well, they just, they well hate. It, because they were others. 
You know, they hated, yeah, right, they hated right. a lot of people. They, you know, they, they, they hated black people and Jews more than anything. But they threw in the Catholics, too, and, and uh, it was part of their brand. Yeah, and the Nazis also hated the Catholics. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, it's I think strange. I, I think with people, a lot of it is, goes to just people's antipathy toward orthodoxy. You know, uh, yeah, because probably. there are various shades of Catholics, just like there are various shades of pretty much every religion. True. I guess hate sells. I think that's the thing. Oh, it's always sold. It's it's yeah. No, it's it's yeah, a winner. Now, again, I am not judging anybody's religion here, but i got to read something. Mm-hmm. It's a treasured tradition among a significant share of the city's population called a prayer is a call to inclusion mm-hmm. and will be a welcome addition to the soundscape. Okay? Yeah. yeah, well, I don't know about that. That sounds like PR spin. I don't think anything's a welcome addition to the soundscape. No, silence is the only soundscape I want to hear. That's it, brother. But I have a question for you. And I don't know. I was told this. I don't know if it's true or not because I never pay attention. But apparently in some towns and cities in America, you can no, long ring, no longer ring church bells because it's too noisy and intrusive. I'd be all for that. I used to live a block away when I was living in <laughs> Chicago. I lived a block away from a church every Sunday morning starting at 7 o'clock. Da, 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 The Westminster bells, yeah. And, and no escaping. Absolutely no escaping. It. Nope. Yeah. So, so what time is the, the first... What time is the first call to prayer for the Muslims? Is that like 6 o'clock in the morning? Let's see here. I think mm-hmm. it's sunrise. So, I think it is sunrise. Yeah, yes. probably. Okay, so Gelfano, mm-hmm. your new house, they, you're, you're going to be included in waking up at 6 by people chanting. Well, see, that's okay. I'm up at 6 to milk the cows anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have no question. You've got to stay busy. Yep. See, you can adapt. Look. You're an adapter. Ay, ay, ay. Like I said, this is not me pointing out one specific religion or talking about the religion. Right. It's just why is there always a favorite and the most hated? They got to pick two the two things. You're favored and you suck. Why do we do that? Well, I mean, Explain that to me. But even back in the days of uh, the Roman and uh, Greek mythologies, mm-hmm. where they all basically had the same pantheon of gods, it was split up into different uh, cults. They called them. So you'd have like the cult of Artemis and the cult of Zeus, yeah, yeah. and yep, you know yeah. if uh, if I worship Hephaestus and you know you worship uh, you know whoever else, then you're wrong. Right. Even though it's the same pantheon, but if you <laughs> order them incorrectly, mm-hmm. you're you know you're my enemy. Well, and, and, and at least in Leviticus, you know the Bible says if your neighbor doesn't pray to the same God you do, you should kill him. Of course. Yeah, I mean, that makes just makes sense, doesn't it? But we're still at all these centuries later, thousands and thousands of years later, we're still doing it. Well, we may be worse now because, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and I know this makes people uncomfortable, but the fact is there is a huge slice of the electorate, meaning of all the citizens, that is really into this white Christian nationalism thing. You know, really? They, they you think it's that big? The, absolutely. Uh, every, I know. I've never met one. Well, I have, but not many. But then they would avoid me, <laughs> just by definition. But no, Why I mean would they you avoid can see, me. I'm friendly. You, you can. Well, you're okay. Yeah, I make an exception. <laughs> Thank you. But the, but the truth is, you know, there are lots of opinion polls out there. You know, like Pew Research and others who do these mm-hmm. polls, and they very definitively show that this is a big thing now. Why? It's just, well because it always has been. It just you know we go in cycles. But now. What did you say, white Christian nationalists? Is that what it, so those would be Protestants? Is that who that is? Uh, you know, I would guess that would be the, the heart yeah. of it, yeah. 
I don't know. I, I don't mean, think it would exclude Catholics, though. I don't I've see any reason that. that why it would. Oh, Catholics, it, a lot of Protestants do not like Catholics. Well, yeah. That's a fact. But, but I mean, this particular sect, which has grown yeah, politically. Maybe. I've never... The only thing I've ever seen like that in my neighborhood, and again, I grew up in that neighborhood that was black, Jewish, and Catholic. That's mm-hmm. where I grew up. There were a few Protestants there, but not many. Yeah. But I do remember different different little things like that. We we all got along, like I said. I just, I don't understand. Uh, the only thing I ever saw that would indicate um, that something was going awry was our paper boy. Yeah. So I don't know how paper boys, oh, they are, but... Uh, I was walking down the street one day, and I look up, and there is a Nazi flag hanging out of someone's window. This is in North Minneapolis, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not a good idea. Nah. Uh, and I'm going, what the hell is that all about? And my friend goes, that's your paper boy. I'm like, what? <laughs> Jesus. Oh. My paper boy's a Nazi? Well, that's not good, now, <laughs> is it? But, you know, I mean, Catholicism is surging right now. It's, oh, I mean, is it? You and I remember when people said, I'll never be a Catholic president, right? Right, right. Well, sure. obviously there was one. And then there have been Two. some. And, yeah, and since, yeah. But the fact of the matter is the Supreme Court, you know, now is ruled by Catholics. So they've come a long ways. Oh, is it really? Pretty much, yeah. See, I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. I, how you would allow your religion to interfere with your business, I will never understand. Nah. Not even when I was a little kid, I couldn't understand that. Well, you know, and there was such a pleasant time growing up on Cretan Avenue in the 60s because no one talked about religion. That was, like, considered right. to be vulgar. I agree. Well, they talk now. Why? What happened? Politics, hate, things that sell. Why the hate, though? That's, that's why I want to ask Jimmy, I want to ask Andy, I want to ask you. I wouldn't waste my energy hating someone. There are people I don't like. Matter of fact, there are some people I don't like a whole lot. But I don't hate anybody. It's a waste of my energy, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah, it I, is. I, so, Jimmy, why this hatred that spewed on Fox and on CNN and on MSNBC. And I know, as you guys already pointed out 20 minutes ago, there's a lot of money, man. But people are getting killed because of you making money off a of hate speech. Yeah. Well, well, every day. Well, every day. I, uh, well, you guys were talking for about this, and I'm sorry to have, Mike, to have brought up the, uh, to get Tom going with the, <laughs> the good news, the news of, of Minnesota as you come back to it. To get us talking about all this stuff, and for that period of time that you start, we started that I hadn't that I didn't speak. I was looking for some good news on our sites, and they're not. The, the, I couldn't find anything. And the the one it's true. And and the one that I did find, um, actually, uh, it, it was put up as good news, and I don't know that it's good news because I know the people behind it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not good. <laughs> but uh, that's why. Mr. Bernard, it's they're they're pumping us full of it. Yes, and well, they're yes. and if you're looking at reels or TikToks or whatever, the, every third one is either something about fighting, punching, uh, making a, a scene, or you know filming somebody else having a attack, a manic, a whatever attack, or sex. But the news has never changed. You know, we always oh, hear, it's gotten much more hateful. Well, I, I agree. But I don't think it's because of the news. I think I think the news is is more full of that because more of it's happening. You know, people say no news is good news, right? Which is true. But you could also argue that good news is no news. 
But I, I yeah. like smiling when I watch <laughs> no, the news. Yeah, good news is no news, right? Is that like, you know, our local folks were talking a few weeks ago or whenever it was about former President Trump. And I think, why? Why are you radio stations? Why are you TV stations giving this much segment and giving mm-hmm. this much to it? Because, because, it you know, because it's unprecedented. Because they have reason. to. They have to because that's where the fight is. Yep. That's where the, that's where it's at right now. Nah, uh, look, I'm I'm a journalist by training, and I just think you have it backwards. But you know, that's my bias. What's that? But, what do you but mean? But they're not journalists anymore. Didn't we talk about that I don't, last I, time? I don't. I don't think that that hatred is coming from from the news. I think the news is coming from all the hatred. I disagree 100. Well, percent They you do. love talking about hatred. I think it's they a positive feedback cycle. Yeah. yeah. Both. I, Again, feed into one yeah, another. That's true. Well, I mean, yes, I, it is an objective fact that we see more just things from the world in general, positive and negative, because for the first time in the history of the world, everyone is carrying a camera at all times. Right. And to so my point, anything yeah. that happens yep. to anyone gets captured and shown to the rest of the world. Less and less of you, Mike, journalism, journalists. Mm-hmm. More and more of that. Well, yep. you've got less and less journalists. You've already got that, and you're not getting what you want from it. We have right. 70% of all the people who were journalists like, like 20 years ago all, all got fired. Yeah. So that we're down to a, a skeleton crew there. So, you know. Yeah, that's the problem. Well, that's, I, yeah, I think we need more journalism because, you know, we need, we need, look, you know, most cities don't have even anything close to the newspaper that we have. Most cities have nothing. They have newspapers that were purchased by by hedge funds, by mm-hmm. huge corporations, and the first thing to do is fire everybody. Yeah. So they didn't do that. Star Tribune. Yeah. I yeah. thought they did. Yeah. Well, they cut quite a few. Yeah. Well, you know, the they first right size. The first time. The first time. Well, the first time they did it was when I was working there. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. so, but that was you know that was because the internet came in. And so there went half the newspapers right there. And then the, another half came in when the newspapers were, you know, family newspapers were sold to huge corporations. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. first thing he did was fire everybody, everyone they could. So, uh, and, and so one of the reasons, I think, why, why maybe people are more, um, are more intoxicated by, by bad news, by this horrible thing, is they're not getting it from newspapers. They're getting it on Instagram. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 Algorithms. Well, I, made that, mm-hmm. I made that argument a month ago, and everybody said, no, no, that's not true. I'm telling you, yeah. we have got to do something about digital because people are abusing it and puking up their hatred. Well, here yeah. you go. I'm looking at the Star Tribune homepage right here. Told you. There are three stories, and I'm not reading these out of order. These are in order from top left to bottom right to bottom left. There are three stories on the front page of the Star Tribune website. Jan Malcolm, COVID exploited every single uh, gap in state's health and medical care. Second story, Minneapolis City Council set to vote on Chauvin brutality settlements. Third headline, father of missing Winona woman's children speaks out for the first time. It's not a lot of good news in there, is there? No, zero. No, but it's, it's also not incendiary news. Well, nice. Well, I, yeah, I suppose true. that's true. The, uh, the Chauvin thing is. You've got to get into the comments section for that. Oh, God, the comments. You know, that's where you're going to oh, get that, start that. turning that incendiary. Yeah, if you want toxicity, there's the place you yeah. go. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. 
So what's an can alternative? We, what can we do though, right? I mean, you got good digital, the your, your platform, right? You're good. You're doing good stuff. You're talking about fun things or whatever. Mm-hmm. But trying to. But you know, uh, you're not making content video right now. Um, nope. So that's an area that you could affect that, right? You could start making good contact instead of content, instead mm-hmm. of fighting. I don't know where else you could fight it. You know, it's hard to do inside the walls uh, in a uh, leadership role in wherever, the House of Representatives, the State House, wherever, right? Because that's all, that's going to take a movement to move any change there. And that's pretty well set in the state of Minnesota for a long time, in my opinion. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. No, that's understandable. No question. So about no one that. wants to run. No one wants to get involved. You know, no one feels yeah. like that. Uh... Except you. You had the balls to run for mayor of South Saint Paul. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting through well, all this toxicity. That, that's not it at all, right? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. But it's it's less and less of people that have that interest because of mm-hmm. all of the other. I, I believe the, that a happy future lies in pickleball. We just oh, need more I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I've never played it. I got to learn to play that this summer. Don't you think? Uh, I guess you know. I, I mean, I played tennis no? most of my yeah. life. You, right. you, you will love it. You, will, you're already good at it. If you're, if you're a little nimble on your feet, you're good to go. It's fun. It's uh, invigorating, and you go at whatever pace you want. We have tournaments, family tournaments, where mm-hmm. little kids are playing adults, and adults are getting slammed and vice versa we slam the kids once in a while (laughs) (laughs) well good for you well you got to show them who's you know well you know it's the good thing about pickleball i don't play it i never will but the good thing about it is it takes some of some of a lot of the best things from tennis because tennis is a very courteous sport you know i i used to play Mm -hmm. tennis you know almost every single day i'd play with friends i'd play with anybody play with my mostly with my son but the deal in tennis is, you know, someone hits the ball, you have no idea. You have to call it when they hit the ball. You have no idea whether it's in or out. So you just say it's in. And, and that's one of the beauties of tennis. You see, you see mm-hmm. how much fun it is and how heartwarming it is to give people something, even if it's just on a tennis court. Well, and they're just always constantly talking about love while they're playing tennis, well, too. I don't know exactly. what that's all about. Well, and, and sometimes, uh, you, Romantic. sometimes you find love on a tennis court. Mm. I don't speak you know, from experience. No. I was on flesh, <laughs> But right? theoretically, theoretically, you could yeah, find well, love on you know, the tennis Well, you know, I mean, court. you're playing with someone and you're having fun. And then from the male perspective, you notice at some point they're wearing a short tennis skirt. And then things just get carried away. That's Fletch. This, you and know, that's Fletch. the man. What is Fletch? 
The movie Fletch? It's a movie? Chevy Chase? Oh, yeah. Oh, Long okay, time. yeah, that. Yeah. Long time ago. By the way, when you said uh, tennis, a great bit of uh, civility, first thing that popped in my head was John McEnroe. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> but I'm just talking about regular people. Is he your mentor? You know. But it is true. You know, that's one thing. Tennis was always such a – that was a courteous sport among the professionals. And yes. Also, and then McEnroe comes along with, with Connor, and all of a sudden they're <laughs> shouting obscenities, not just at themselves. They're yes. threatening the uh, the, re- the uh, umpire, you know, and, the, and just the, the expletives fly, and they're smashing their rackets. And people love it because there's all this pent-up, you know, anger waiting to explode. I uh, several years ago, this is probably 15 years ago. I was in a place called Ballon Isle in Florida. It's a it's a community like a golf community, tennis community that and a lot of nice houses and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing at the uh, counter checking in, and all of a sudden the sun disappeared, and I turned around and it was the um, what the hell are the two sisters that play? They're, uh, they're the best. Tennis oh, the Williams the sisters, yeah. Williams. Yeah, Williams sisters. Mm-hmm. They were standing right behind me. Oh, yeah. I looked like a midget next to those <laughs> two. And I know that's a bad word, but I want to use that because these women could have kicked my ass in about two seconds. Have you ever met one of them? No. Tremendous I... athletes know of not. Oh, them. God. Yeah, they pretty much changed tennis. Uh, it took a while, but they changed tennis. And, you know, and they ushered tennis into this new era where women had to lift weights, too. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I could not believe how much taller and broad, sh- much more broad shoulder they were. I got pretty damn big shoulders, too. Well, what, are, they, are they more broad shoulders than, than Brittany? No, oh, I don't know about that, you know. She's <laughs> carrying the entire show on her shoulders, so that's going to take some broad shoulders right there. Well, absolutely. Have you, ever, you, know. you haven't met her sister who will, will, you know, was on the crew team at Gonzaga. Oh, really? Yeah. I know she's talked to me. No, you're right. I, I've I've never I've never met. Uh, I think I met, I met her mother once. I know that. Yeah, and she's got pretty broad shoulders too. Brit, Brit, I do love working with Brittany. She's a piece of work. There's no doubt about it. Except when she can't stop talking, or I'm sorry, <laughs> coughing is what I meant to say. Well, yeah, the nonstop talking in that studio is getting really old too. I will tell you that. Well, it's <laughs> it's getting casual, Tom. Well, wait I till you see the dog casual. here, Tom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. We'll no, try. It, it, we'll try to try to speak in turn. Good luck. Yeah, it won't happen. We should hold paddles. We should hold tennis rackets up, right? I'm speaking. You're uh, speaking. It's the speaking <laughs> wand. Oh uh, yeah, the speaking wand. I'm ready. Like the crew car wash. Have you been to those? What's that? No. Probably not. You, Mike, you have probably not had your car washed by an automatic car wash. I haven't had my car washed by me. Period. Yeah. Uh, it's just a. A car wash franchise that mm-hmm. they guide you in and they click you into the the queue with the you know runs your tires and they tell you oh, to yeah. put it in neutral and it drives you through. But that's what they use the pickleball paddle that says you know come forward and they turn it oh, around and it tells okay. you to really? put it in neutral. And so uh, it is a pickleball paddle because I asked and <laughs> so specifically. <laughs> Yeah, and their comfort, you know, and they've got the string around them so they can, if they drop them, it doesn't get into the car wash. Is a tennis racket and a pickleball racket different? Yeah, shorter. And it's it's more like a, a pickleball racket is more of an extended uh, ping pong. Yeah. Maybe like a squash racket? 
Uh, no, it's, no, it's 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 a ping pong. It's a wider ping pong, but but uh, oh so yeah, like they're a, not uh, like a meshed or whatever. Yeah, like they're a paddles. racquetball sized ra- um, pin pick uh, <laughs> pickleball. Po- uh, oh, what the hell am I saying? You guys don't even know what I'm trying to say. So it's no. more like a paddle. Yes, yeah, it's a paddle. That's it. Right, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Not yeah, a, a racket. I thought it was a racket. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's a paddle. Oh, okay. And well, it's okay, the, the ball is a hold ball, a, a wiffle ball. Oh. Okay. Oh, it is really. Yeah. You mean the? It, it, I didn't know that the ball was a wiffle ball. I had no idea that was true. Is it the size of a golf ball? No, oh, it's size of uh, a, a tennis ball. Oh. Well, that'd be kind of fun. I should. I, I'd like to do that because I think Catherine wants to do it as well. And there's a pickleball court within a w- walking distance of our house in Minnesota. So, well, hey, if maybe you it's want time to, to take uh, it if you want to be serious about it, why not uh, invest in a Selkirk Vanguard Power Air Invicta pickleball paddle? Only two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, those are <laughs> those are something. Or you can Swing. get two for fifteen on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure the difference is just astonishing. Yeah, probably is probably true. You can get them at any of the sporting goods stores around. They're pretty common to get. Target has them as well. Pick up a set, go and play. There's if you go to a pickleball court, there are plenty of people that will help you play pickleball. No question. Do you play one on one, two on two? Does it matter? You can, and two on two is very popular amongst obviously couples Mm -hmm. because they can go play uh, together and go go play other couples. But they could also play each other in the event no one else is there sure you got singles and you got doubles just like tennis Mm -hmm. okay no triples i don't know how about 12 on a team no is it can you can you do that because i've only played with doubles can you play singles Tennis singles? Yeah. No, no. I mean, pickleball. pickleball. Oh. I, I, See, I don't know too much I don't know. other I, than... I, I sort of assumed that, but uh, I don't really know. Well, yeah, we, singles pickleball is a thing. Well, there you go. See? It's low impact, and it is it is fun because it's uh, mm. fast-paced and, you know, like... the camaraderie that happens around that, you know? The, and like you say, Mike, you win. You let them, ah, it's in. Yeah. I got it. They yeah. got it. So I have a question for you. The, the court is also smaller, isn't it, than the yes. tennis court? Correct. Yeah, I, I, I know Catherine's been bringing that up. Maybe it's time. This will be the summer to finally take uh, to take up pickleball because it does look like you get some good exercise, don't you? Now, that could be some content, Tom. You could make some positive content with that. You could Film yourself learning how to play. Oh, what a great go. idea. Send a camera person along and, and yeah. film all that. That would be... <laughs> or you can just watch that because it's undoubtedly a segment on the 4 a.m. news. <laughs> 4 a.m. news. I used to watch the 4 a.m. news back in the day. I had to be on the air at 5.30. Yeah. I don't miss that at all, by the way, Mike. Uh, no. Well, you know, I used to, because of my, my uh, sleep... My sleep disorder, delayed sleep phase syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to do this thing called chronotherapy, and Andy yep. knows about that. You sure do. So the theory of that is the what you're going to do is you're going to reset your internal clock. The oh, theory. Sure. Yeah, and you're so the the idea. You know, and people would say like if you if you couldn't get to sleep till three a.m., they'd say, well, just go to bed like you know 15 minutes uh, uh, earlier every night. But chronotherapy is the opposite. You go to bed. 15 minutes or a half hour later and therefore you are experiencing a 24 and a half hour day Mm -hmm. 
until you come around, the theory is until you come around to like the ideal place where you want to want to go to bed, you know, so eventually you get to say 11, 8 p.m., say. And the theory is that when you reach that point, well, everything will be fine. Well, that's where the theory goes to hell. Yeah, the first time it's fine because you're exhausted because you've been up for, you know, 24, 25, 26 hours, however long. Yeah. So, yeah, it's 11 o'clock. Go to bed. Makes sense. Oh, it's great. The it's problem great is the, first time. the next day when you have, you know, the previous night you've gone to bed at 11 and you because you've been up sleep deprived for the past week or so, mm-hmm. you have probably slept for 10 or 11 hours that night. Because you went to bed at 11, mm. so now you're waking up fairly late still, which mm. means you're going to go to bed late and yep. wreck the whole thing. No, because, you know, the, the, the brain wants what the brain wants. Yes, it does. Just made you all yawn. My brain does not want to wake up at 7 a.m., thank you. But there is this feeling, which it's, it's almost ecstatic. There's this feeling like the first time you're doing this. and You're like, I'm normal. It's like I'm normal because normally... You're normal mm-hmm. with a delayed sleep phase syndrome is when you go to bed, you toss and turn. You can't get to sleep. Oh, God, yeah. 24 and a half hour a day, you hit the pillow, boom. Yep, you're out. And it's the feeling that you have, the, like you're going to lie down. And this, this feeling you have that you're going to be asleep in like five minutes, it, it is exhilarating. Yeah, <laughs> because being tired is honestly one of the rarest things that I experience Unless I'm no. very sleep deprived. The brain just doesn't know no. it. When I go to sleep, I'm not going to sleep because I'm tired. I'm going to sleep because I have to. Yep. And it's not a fun way to be. You guys are like computers then. Yeah. Huh? Is that what it is? I have not, I've never experienced any of those things. I've no. never had a, a problem with sleeping, napping. Uh, I'm a, I love naps. I could take a nap. Pretty much if anybody said there's time today to take a nap, I would take it. We'll just do quiet time after the show. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I have a question for you guys. Because I go through different things. I go through months and months when I sleep really, really well. And then there are other times I sleep okay. And then there's a third set where I hardly ever sleep. I'm in that right now, and I don't know why I'm in it. Daylight savings. Yeah, maybe. Or lottery. Or caffeine. No, I don't drink caffeine. I don't drink caffeine after 1 o'clock in the afternoon anymore. No? Nope. No, that's a good idea. Do you think maybe that's why I can't sleep? Because my body's going, what do you think you're doing? No. Caffeine withdrawals only last a couple days. Okay, well, here's the problem I have. I go to bed now, and I take my THC to sleep, Mm. and I take as much as I ever did, and I wake up every hour on the hour. Every hour I wake up. What is that now? I've done that for years. So you just wake up every hour you wake up and then go back to sleep. I wake up many, many times a night. I remember every single one, too. Every time I wake up so I can, like, toss and turn, I remember it all. That's bad. No, it's not good. But That's bad because you're not getting any REM that way. Yeah, exactly. Tom, let's dive deep inside your psyche today. Yeah, your psyche I'm might have something sure to do with it. Program. What are you thinking about you're doing in the next couple of days that maybe you are thinking about? God, I love seeing a Protestant pretend he's a Jewish psychiatrist. <laughs> Not Jew, just any German psychiatrist. Just a generic German, yeah. German well, psychiatrist. I, I think of Freud. I'm sorry, but, you know, you're right. Sigmund. Was, was yeah. Freud Jewish? Uh, yeah. Huh. I think he was. Well, you didn't know that? So right. tell us, Tom. Tell us what, what are you you're thinking. <laughs> tell us what you're thinking. You know, and I don't do this 
on, you know, I didn't do this on purpose. I just made a choice because whenever I go to see a psychologist or whatever, mm-hmm. he's a nice Jewish boy. But I didn't go, I'm going to find a Jew to talk to. That's not what I did, you know. <laughs> you I know, just I've, I've been to a lot of therapists that won't come as a shock. I don't think any of them were Jewish. No? No, not a one. Really, that's interesting. And I didn't choose either. I didn't choose by religion, but... No? So, I don't... I, I, how do you find one and then move from one? Don't you... Do you find one that helps you, or do you just keep one that they can help you? You move on? What's... It's multiple therapists... You said you I will to. tell you this, and I'm not. You're not supposed to do this, by the way. Well, and we don't hang out. Don't. It's not like we get together and go to the Twins game. But I have become a very, really, really good friends with my therapist. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. Just a really nice man. Very, very smart. Really smart man. Uh, and I think that's the part of it. But it doesn't. It doesn't interfere with the way I feel about him answering my questions or, or him being my therapist or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's just a really good guy, and I'm very comfortable with him. Um, matter of fact, I'll start seeing him again in a week or two because I just, you know, he's a very smart guy, and he's known me for 37 years, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I believe that's it. Well, Andy, you know Renee, right? Uh, Renee? You, went to, you used to go, and we would hang out. Uh, you'd hang out in his other office while Mom and I would talk to him and all that stuff. I probably recognize him, but you would. I don't know names. Just in general, that's one thing I. But I don't know why I. I, I, That's the way I turn. I've never had fear of therapists or psychologists or psychiatrists or any of those. I. It's never bothered me, like some people. But maybe it's because of where I grew up. Do you think? Well, you know, I I think that a lot of people, people I've known, a lot of them, you will say, "Well, you know, I, I would never go like." I would never go to a shrink. I'd never see a therapist. I'd never go to a support group. Hmm. And, I, and I think, you know, a lot of those people, I just think, have some fear of what might happen. And yeah. maybe they're, yep. maybe yep. maybe who they're really afraid of is themselves. Yeah. I bet you you're right. One of my favorite stories of all time, Perry Roth. I don't know. Did, Mike, did you ever know Perry Roth? I don't think so. Perry's an old friend of mine. He was, a, he was a sociologist, and I used to go see him once in a while. Just a really, really nice man. Again, he's no longer with us, unfortunately. But I remember I'm in his office one day, and he said, Tom, we, we can just uh, talk until um, the, the guy that I have uh, coming in after you always knocks on my door so I'll know when he's here. And I said, okay. So we're talking, we're schmoozing, just having a good time, and talking about this, that, and the other thing, and no knock at the door, nothing. So we just keep on talking. About a half an hour in, he goes, well, I, I guess he's just not going to show up today, so uh, I guess maybe I'll go to lunch. I said, okay, well, I'll take off. I'll get out of your way so you can go grab some lunch. I walked over, I opened the door, and his client was standing there in a karate pose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. He was literally standing there like, whoa. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, the lumber exchange therapist? Oh, God, yes. That, that's amazing. That was so funny because, you know, we'd all we'd all be like on the, what was like the second floor of the lumber exchange? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the, the. Fourth floor thing. The therapist was one floor up. So, you know, you'd go in there and you'd do a spot and like, you know, four people would get out of there. And one of them would press up, and the other three would press down. And you knew the guy who pressed up was going yeah. to see the therapist, and everyone knew it because they were going to see the same therapist too at some point. <laughs> that's true. That's very, very true. <laughs> and one of the things you learned was 
you know, voiceover people had enough time and enough money to see a therapist pretty regularly. And well, also that maybe they were yeah. slightly messed up. I don't know. Oh, you think somebody in the voiceover business was nuts? Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't know because I was messed up going in. So yeah, me it didn't, too. the business didn't do it to me. But Aren't we all, don't we all battle it some kind or I another? Think so. We all yep. have it. And if we don't have it now, we'll have it at some point. Mm. Or, and I know everyone has it in their family. So you might not specifically deal with it, but somebody in your family. Everybody in my family. So yeah. it's not uncommon. So why do we got to stop pretending, you know? That was kind of the old, the old way. I think now it's moving forward where more people are uh, acknowledging it, unless it's on the streets of San Francisco when they're, they're oblivious to the fact that that's mental illness um, in the tent cities and it's not a mm. free-living community. Yeah. It, it, a lot of people have a romantic idea of how these people live it's like oh they're just doing what they want they don't have to answer to anyone no they're mentally ill they've got problems that need to be fixed right but mm-hmm. sorted through and won't be fixed and will not ever be fixed and i honestly probably can't be fixed right now and they're worthy of being fixed too that's the other well, thing sure, everybody is people mm-hmm. think that you know if you're if you're against that meaning you you speak up against it or you talk about it or try to find different solutions that you're against that it's like uh, yeah. no we want to get them the best help that they can mm-hmm. and and i've got a, i've got a couple pretty good friends who are therapists and i can tell you they've never been so stressed out yeah they are oh, I bet. so I bet. busy they don't and and it's they're not having fun michael bryant brad sean bryant what's the latest uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant now did you guys ever go through and i know andy you haven't yet because you Ethan's only a year and a half old. Jimmy, I don't know if you did or not, but, you know, my father was mentally ill. He was schizophrenic. He was severely mentally ill, as a matter of fact, not just a little touched, as they used to say. Why was it when you were nuts you were known as being as touched? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> Who touched like you? Special. Maybe. Yeah, what's, what's doing the touching? Special. Yeah, that's, what's doing the touching? It's touched ironic, in the head. too, because most of those people probably hadn't been touched enough. Hmm. Or touched well, too maybe. much. Or t- touched too much, One yeah. of the two. Yeah. Mm. But, Andy, I think you know this, and, Mike, you might have gone through it, too. The two of the toughest periods in my life was, I guess, would have been 2003 and 2005. Because I believe, is that right? I might be a couple of years off there one way or the other. But when you have mental illness, particularly schizophrenia in your family, mm. you are told to keep an eye on your children yep. 
from their 17th birthday oh, yeah. till their 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. At year 17 years old, mm-hmm. if they're going to go over the deep end, I guess that's a real good time to do it. It's what is basically that all about? anywhere from 15 to 25. That could happen yeah. in the, in the, the 20s, too. But yeah. I was always yeah. in the back of my mind. Oh, yeah. We'll say that. I mean, because what, you know, at least at the time, I would have thought nothing could be worse. Since since then, I found out a lot of things could be worse. But, <laughs> well, that's you, you know, true, Because too. obviously, I have so much depression in my family, and some yep. terrible things have happened. But, yeah. but yeah, it's, of course, because there's nothing you worry about more than your kids anyway. No doubt. Yep. And that college experience, too, I think, again, is sure. is a time where that triggers that, that change or that uh, impending change in their where they're going, what they're doing, that can, uh, it happens, and then they can get hidden in those situations, and they go off to college where no one's watching them. And then their new roommates just expect, well, that's just Charlie, you know. Charlie, he sleeps in, he, you know, doesn't go to class or whatever, you know. So that's, yeah. that, that, then it gets, it, it can be harder to come back from if, if you don't have the resources too, right? I, I know a guy who uh, had that, in, in retrospect, talking about it, that's when it came out, and he became a vagabond basically through that sure. through that time, and, uh, and they all just chalked him up as a as an idiot, right? Like, oh, he has an old idiot, and not until he got hurt, he fell and got hurt working a job, where he got into the system and they tested him, and lo and behold, he's got schizophrenia, right? And then it starts to <laughs> they start to get him the help, and they start to get him on track with medications and yeah. in line with. Um, just normal behaviors and normal stuff. A lot, and a lot of things do go wrong when people go to college because you know because of the things you said. I I, I had a friend in I, in college who uh, who was a manic depressive, and I really didn't know it. You mm-hmm. know that's I mean I just and you know yeah how can I, you of all people I maybe should have picked up on it because of the, all the depression in my family. But manic depression, man, that that is literally a killer. And this friend of mine, you know, we, we did a little a little radio show at the campus station. You know, nobody could actually hear it. Uh, it <laughs> yes, was, it they was just, could, It you was liar. just like playing in your, in yeah, your living room. <laughs> kind of like what we're doing. <laughs> right. Yes. Although a lot of people that did that went on to radio, and then some others were actually successful. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I noticed that, the distinction there. And I um, did, yes, I did. Yeah, thanks. And uh, so, so uh, yeah, I mean, and... and um, you know, he would just disappear for long periods of time, and he was, uh, I think he was uh, 22 years old, uh, maybe 23, and, and his wife called me one day and said, you know, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's in, in the hospital, and you probably should go to the hospital and see him and, and say goodbye to him. I said, what do you mean? Is he dying? And she said, no, but he's going he's gonna to kill himself. He got out of the hospital, and he killed himself. Really? Yeah. That's sad. And there's just no way to stop him, it sounds like. I, there couldn't have been because I'm pretty no, sure she no. would have, you know. And, of course, later I experienced it with my brother. But the, the point being, you know, you, you're you right. You just don't – you can't you – can't people just don't always pick up on these things. And when they do, maybe, maybe it was too late. Maybe today, maybe he, he might have had a better outcome. I don't know. It was a long time ago. So maybe today he would have had a better outcome, but not then. But that's, that's just the thing, just take control over you, you know. And, yeah. And, you know, uh, all I can say is we're really lucky, Tom. 
Oh, you got that right. Well, like I said, when I was a little boy, six, I think I was six years old, I was in the attic playing, and all of a sudden I heard this noise. So I hid in the corner because I didn't know what it was. And my father came upstairs, threw a rope over one of the beams, put it around his neck, but he never got up on the chair. He just stood there and stared for a while, nah. and then he took it off his neck and went back downstairs. That's a good I memory never for a kid, huh? Whoa. Oh, yeah, there are some real good ones. There's no good. Well, he ended up being taken away in a straitjacket about a year later. So mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah. That's something to watch. By, by the way, I still got to give credit to my sister, Bobby, because there's a brilliant line. The kids are all lined up. They're hauling my father out, and he's just foaming at the mouth and screaming. He's in a straitjacket on a stretcher, mm. and he's just going berserk, and it's just this big hubbub. And you can just tell the tension that it caused. And my sister, Bobby... I don't know if she was trying to lighten the tension or just was a smart ass, but she goes, Tommy, I think they think our dad is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I did start laughing. Pretty I did. good insight, I... <laughs> yeah. Gee. <laughs> you know, the, the, the defining moment of, of my teenage years was was um, my, you know, I, I, of course, you know, I, I was an OCD guy. And, uh, and I had, uh, and I was depressed as a kid, just like I, you know, have been throughout my life. I, I, it's under control now, but, um, and, uh, and, and I, uh, being obsessive compulsive, you know, I, I did a lot of, I took a lot of showers, you know, washed a lot, washed my hands 30 mm-hmm. times a day. Now you just mm-hmm. do it with Purell and you're normalized, but not yeah, then. Yeah. And so my, my mother decided, my mother was, she had a lot of mental problems and, um, and she decided that she was going to teach me a lesson. And so she said, you know, she she started screaming at me that I should stop washing my hands. And then she reached down, picked up a shoe I'd been wearing, and started licking the bottom of it. <laughs> oh, well. mm-hmm. That'll teach you. Yeah, that'll teach you, yeah. Other than that, though, everything worked out so really, that, really well. So that's the moment that I, that's always been in my mind when I think of a, of a mental moment. Yeah. Oh. You know... Uh, the one I think of uh, for my mom, who was a saint having 11 kids, was when we would be in the back, way back of the Suburban, with our mouth taped with duct tape as we drove <laughs> up the way. Mm-hmm. And, and people would drive by and look at us, and we were going crazy. And every row had kids going crazy, punching and running, you know, football yeah. throwing, ball throwing. And my mom would see, be sitting there in the front with her thumbs on the steering wheel, singing a... Barry Manilow song or so whatever it was on the radio, you know, just mm-hmm. oblivious to all of the chaos just behind it. Just right out. And, oh, yeah. and the people driving by would just go look at her and go, I think that kid's okay. <laughs> you know? He's we never fine. got pulled over. <laughs> don't worry about a thing. I don't know. But I got to tell you once again, Mike can certainly mention this. And Jimmy Ballpark, how old are you? Ballpark? I just turned 48. 48, so you're still a young man. You're still a young man. And Andy, you're 36. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike and I can tell you, because Mike's a couple years older than I am. One year. Oh, All right, maybe one a year. year and a half. year and a half, yeah, there you go. We met in the middle. Look, <laughs> see, now there's agreement. We met in the middle. How much older he is than me, yeah. we met in the middle, went from one year to a year and a half, two years, and then back to one and a half. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. But... 
Um, we could never have heard a show like this when we were young. Oh, There's God, no, no way right. this was ever on the radio, on television. You never heard about this. And because you did have a lot of depression in your family, I had a mental illness in my family, the number one thing you were told was do not tell anybody about this. Mm. Oh, That's no. the other thing. Right, yeah. Uh, it's a whole different world now, and I think I was hoping it would it would make things better. Of course, people are crazier now than they've ever been. And it's kind of en masse at this point. But I think that's mostly from very, very poor leadership. Yeah. Uh, oh, you guys no think doubt. that's true? Uh, no, yeah, I agree, yeah. Well, and I think uh, um, adding behaviors that are acceptable that, I, you know, that, that are commonly known or before this era were commonly known as things that were mentally, you know, mental illness. Mm-hmm. And, and now they're allowed as common. That's not... You know, so now we're, we've split the hairs on that, and now we're talking about those in different, you know, and have to accept this and accept that as something other than yeah. mental illness. And when reality, it's we, we have to fix mental illness, and we do. There's uh, the, all the rest of that stuff can uh, we can all live copacetically with each other, and you want to be whoever you want to be, and you want to live free and not have a house and be out okay. Well, yeah. Well, but there's a bunch of other things we have to get. You have to get in line first and be able to do to. And, and the first thing you have to do with depression is you have to. It's just like you know. It's just like an AA thing. The first thing you have to do is accept the fact that right. you're depressed, and mm-hmm. that's very hard for people yeah. to do. It was hard for me yeah. to do. I grew yeah. up with depressives, and I thought I was totally normal because everyone was depressed. So you know, I got to be 30, and I was still sort of denying it, which is crazy, but. That's what's going on, and is trying to, when you once you accept depression, then the real hard work begins, mm-hmm. and it's hard work mm-hmm. to deal with depression. It's not like you know back. Remember when Prozac hit the markets, mm-hmm. sure. and was it Time Magazine that put Prozac on the cover? I think it was. Locally here, it was Barbara Carlson. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. And it I was. remember that. Yeah. So, You're right. but but people then started to think, well, okay, well, and and the story, the cover story in Time Magazine was basically saying, no one ever has to be depressed anymore. You yep. just take a pill. Depression's cured forever. Yeah, yeah and it, that just doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, it's worse than ever, which makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. It does it well. All of these medications now. I mean, I'm sorry, but the the most of them even work. Well, most of them don't work because most of the people who take them aren't depressed. Yeah, that doesn't help. That's a lot of the time what happens is some teenager will go in and say, oh, I'm feeling kind of down. Mm-hmm. So they'll pump them full of SSRIs and be like, well, you're on these for the rest of your life. Go have fun. Yeah. When they didn't really need them to begin with. But I'll tell you this. My life is split in half. The first half was my depressed life. The second half was my depression mostly under control. And it's because of the medication. It's totally because of the medication. And, you know, my shrink said to me after I tried to find a medication that, that I could actually, my body would accept, he said, well, you know, you, you got, you know, you got to find something because you're not going to make it if you don't. And yeah. he was totally right. And he's still my shrink. I don't see him a lot, but, you know, maybe once a year I check in. But I can email him. I can call him on the phone, you know, if I have an issue, talk to him. He's, you know, as much a friend as anything else. But it is hard work. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely hard work. I have a question for you guys. Do you think, because I'm looking back and into Mike and my era and how things were different then, you had to keep it secret, and a lot of people ended up killing themselves, where now they keep nothing a secret, 
and they kill everybody else. See, yeah. I would have thought that during the Vietnam draft, you'd want people to think you're crazy. Because then you could be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm too mentally ill to go breathe Agent Orange in and die. No, I will tell you because, of course, you know, I was, I was of, of draft age toward the end of the Vietnam War. And the guys I worked with at the Daily showed me how easy it was to not get drafted. All you, all you had to do, this is all you had to do was, you, you know, you, you were 1A. They called you in for your physical. You were going to be in Vietnam, you know, like three months later. You just walked in, and you said, hey, the first thing you should know is that I'm, I'm gay. Yep. And that was it. Okay. Oh, really? You're out of the war. So you couldn't get drafted if you were gay? No, nope, you could not. Not wow. if you told them that you, you were gay. Not if you told them, right. It's don't a don't ask, ask don't tell policy, yeah. Yep. But here's what I don't understand. So you go in the Army and you're gay, you're going to start... Stooping 20 guys in your bunkhouse? I, I don't mean, know. Well, I mean, look problem? at how all these allegations with um, men and women in the same unit. It's a complete yeah. mess for the exact same reason. I mean, when you're basically in isolation in a foreign country for however many months right. away from any wives or girlf girlfriends or whatever, apparently you just start to go a little crazy. Or a lot. Or, yeah. Or you just become a, a terrible victim. Yep, yeah. exactly. And, and, yeah, and so you're right, though. I mean, at the root of the thing is it's, it was always that way, whether you were gay or straight. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter. But apparently they felt like uh, – I think they felt like um, if you were gay, you'd be hiding it, and then you were likely to get captured and give away secrets. I mean, I somehow. Oh, <laughs> sure. You're weaker. You're going to get tortured. You get blackmailed very easily. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know it's crazy, but. Yeah. yeah. Strange. The government, huh? Wow. You think they would do that to you? To us? Come on. <laughs> well, it's people. People, yeah. They would do it, it to people, people, not us. They would do it to people. Well, yeah, I mean. Don't uh, don't look too much into the sex lives of the Spartan soldiers back then. <laughs> oh God! You're not going to oh, like no. what you find. Yep. Probably not. Yeah. I have a question for all three of you and all the listeners, and it kind of ties in. It's it's not a gay thing. It's a trans thing, right? So now we got this big, huge argument because they have a trans uh, man to woman. Uh, his name is Dylan, or her. But the women use the name Dylan too, don't they? Apparently. D-Y-L-A-N. I think that's the case. But uh, their, their business is $5 billion down. People are pissed off about it. Everybody's off. Why do you care that a trans person is promoting Bud Light? Why would you even... Why would I possibly care about that? Yes. Hate. Explain it. But why do you hate someone you don't even know? I don't even know them. Because that why would hate, I hate them? that hate is stoked every day by politicians. God, it is, isn't it? Well, it's just and yeah, retweeted and reshared and shared again and oh look at this idiot uh, what do you, you know, we gotta yep. stop yep. sharing mm -hmm. their stuff stop watching their stuff right just go out start I don't know people just need need to remember that there's other people out there that yes. are having challenges themselves but, and but I'll tell you this once people start hating it it isn't just one thing they start hating they look for things to hate sure yeah yeah yep. there's no doubt and then living live in that cycle and that chaos and that uh you know everything's bad the i mean i, I we've all met plenty of them in a, in an elected office you meet quite a bit more of them because mm -hmm. the, their their mouths are just filled with vile no matter what they're talking about 
if, yeah. if it's one thing, it's they'll get past that. You give them an answer, they'll find something else to, to talk. It's just they just yeah. want it. They crave it. They crave it to come out. They crave themselves to think about it or get us to think about it. When we don't think like that on a daily basis, right? They live in that whole chaos, and I don't know. That I think that's where a lot of those folks minds are for not, hating somebody that's endorsing a, a product yeah and, and then they go the opposite direction which is hey let's i'm against that i hate that let's not let's make a example of it and not do it and boycott it right yep and then they're I thinking just... about it and they're talking about it and then they're checking to see how it's going and i mean they're feeding it no matter what bud light wins <laughs> you know <laughs> I guess, I guess their business is down $5 billion right now. I don't know if that's a – but it's been on every website. But here's – I'll be very, very – I was very, very lucky. Yeah, we are. But, again, the only reason I'm talking about it is why would I possibly give a rat's yeah, ass yeah. that a trans person drinks beer or endorses a beer? Why would I care? Well, right. why are you talking about it if you don't care? Because the hatred part of it. Yeah, yeah. The fact that $5 billion of business went away because of a, a trans person drinking beer. I mean, not, That's insane. Not necessarily. That's pretty goofy, though. Well, I mean, Bud Light has kind of had a not-so-great reputation for quite a while. we got all these oh, really? other problems. Not everything has to be because of hate and anger and fury and death. Well, that's what they're saying in the newspaper. Well, yeah, that's it, because it, that's what is, sells. There you go. Yeah, but yep. this is this is something that has come on very suddenly, the, the lack of the, the, the sales dip, which would probably yes. return almost all of it. But, yeah. but this is definitely connected to the trans thing because the There's people, no question. people started going online and saying, and the politicians too, you know, I'm not going to drink this stuff anymore. Ted Cruz, you know, oh, I'm God. done with Bud Light. Pathetic. Oh, really? Was it Ted did Cruz? He really? yeah. Ted Cruz who did a video of himself <laughs> shooting bottles of Bud Light. If he didn't, he lots did of other not. people did. I think he did, but but oh, he did God. he did do a big thing online about how he, the, he was boycotting Bud Light forever. A positive that came out of this, though, is... The old commercials are starting to resurface, yeah. which well, they are, are hilarious. stupid-ass frogs. Stu- the frogs. <laughs> yeah. there, there was a Bud Light commercial or a Miller Light or some light commercial where all these guys got dressed up because it was ladies' night two-for-ones. And so they all dressed up in ladies' clothes. And there were, you go. Hey, it's uh, can I get a Bud No, you better they're not hilarious. do that today. <laughs> but they're hilarious, you know, all what, what sold and what kind of these – the advertisings of those times were, I guess that's a positive coming out of this for, for me, watching these. Uh, we all had to relive the uh, early 2000s where everyone was going, what's up? Oh, God, I hated yeah. that song. Oh, those were great. And, and, the, and, the, uh, <laughs> and, and the, uh, the, the kind of, uh, you know, kind of like uh, hippie type Coca-Cola commercials. You know, where everyone's, it wasn't a Coke. That was Pepsi, I think you're thinking of. Was it Pepsi, of. okay. Share yeah. a Pepsi and solve the world problems? Yeah, yeah. And yes. it, that was and Pepsi. And start, they would sing the song, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I'd uh, like to teach the world to sing. Yep, that's yeah, it, yeah. 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 It was very yeah. successful, I guess, at the time. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. 
They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. We have Wendy on the phone. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. Yo, Homer, how's it going today? Just hanging in there trying to figure out why people are so damn angry all the time. Well, you know, you have to, like, step back and follow the formula. Step back and observe. The formula is that targeted hate equals power for the people that are targeting hate. So Mm -hmm. if you have that power, you have control over what the group that you're looking at thinks, what they say, what they buy. It's it's a power trip. And, and, and then the people, the, the people who hate, they also believe then they're powerful. It's not just the exactly. people causing it. It's the piece, people who are, who are just, you know, basically into the whole thing. Exactly. I mean, you know, and you were talking about the news before. I was talking in the chat. Might probably the song that, the song I've always thought described it really well is uh, Don Henley has that song, Dirty Laundry. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, sure. it's perfect. I mean, if you read the lyrics, it's just, it's the exact description of what's going on and how things get targeted. And uh, it's, it's, I try to, I really don't watch the national news. I mean, sometimes I'll I'll watch the local news, certain channels, because, you know, I want to know the weather or something like that. But I just, I really try hard to like, anytime I see like people on, God forbid, Facebook, you know, posting these political posts or whatever, I have a rule. Um, Ten political posts in a row, you're muted for 30 days because some people kind of get a bug in their ear and, like, they freak out. And These are normally people I wouldn't have an issue with, but they get rolling on something, and it's like, "Mm, I don't need that negativity. Well, that's very true. Yeah, do any of us need that negativity? I don't think so. No. No. I mean, they try to convince people that we do because they're providing information. It's it's only information if it's true. (laughs) Right. I like that you have a plan for when these uh, when the idiotry comes up in your life, you have uh, you snooze them for that period of time. That's that's what everybody should do, but it's what almost nobody does because they're addicted to arguing with people and getting that dopamine release. To me, I'm a planner. That's mm-hmm. what I do. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times it's it's more like it's more like cortisone. Well, oh, any sort sure. of feeling. That's all they need. Yeah. They, they need some sort of emotion. Cortisol is what I meant. It just yes. it's that surge, right. that surge of anger that empowers them, makes them feel alive. Yep, sure does. Well, and, and you were talking about mental illness before too. I have to applaud you guys. You know, for always speaking out about it because at my company, where we have an employee resource group that I'm. I'm on the board of, and it, it's about disability uh, advocacy and awareness, both visible and invisible. And one of the things, uh, one of the things that we're really targeting for, like education and like getting groups together, is mental health. Yeah. Because maybe it's just me, but when I look on social media, people only talk about mental illness when they want to make a point about something. And that's not how it should be disgui- yes. described. Right. Right. It should be talked about as just something. I mean. I fully admit I have had issues with depression and anxiety. Yep, I got help. I, you know, take 
meds for it and I you know and I manage that and we have I have a group of friends that we all have issues like that and we just decided and what you know we're trying to work with this group at work with is it's not something you should be ashamed to admit right it's not a weakness especially if you're getting treatment for it because people that are getting treatment for mental health issues are the strongest people I know because it really took a lot for them to do it yes yeah, and you know, uh, you bring that up. Guild Incorporated is a resource, and uh, I found that people who um, have the need use Guild, and people that don't have the need support Guild by volunteering through their work, getting their group work group to go to to do something, clean somebody's house, or you know, rake the yard, or volunteer. However, they they have the programs, but it gives them that opportunity to acknowledge it as well as support it without having to give money if that's not what they're about, you know, as a collective, as a yeah. group, you know. So it, sure. there's there's good opportunities in those groups. And thank, thank you for bringing that up or talking about that or keeping that going at your work because that's what's going to help move everybody through, whether they work at your place or you're next to them, your coworker Absolutely. next to them. Well, and I've worked here like almost 30 years. And I guess I figure, you know, I'm at an age and at a length of time in the company who cares if somebody knows that I've struggled with it? They can see by where I am and with the work that I do, I've struggled with it, but I've got it taken, you know, I've taken care of it. And I'm trying to help other people, you know, especially, you'd be surprised, the people that think that they have to hide things. Because we, we did yeah. a, uh, we did a, we do these like, uh, teams meetings or teams presentations like every other month on something. And there was one that was done on mental health. And we had so much response from people all across the spectrum of positions in the company just saying, oh, my God, thank you, because I was so afraid. I just got diagnosed, and I was afraid to talk to anybody because I was ashamed. And I, I emailed, I messaged one of them back. I said, don't ever feel ashamed. The fact that, you know, you went to the doctor and you got it taken care of, you know, you're on your way to getting it taken care of. That's job one. It's the hardest step to take. That makes sense. It's it's hard. One of the reasons it's hard is because usually it's not the sort of thing that just goes away. Well, I got help and I'm fine. You know, people. No, it's never cured. No, it never is. And people have to work on it all their lives. But, you know, it's not hard to work on it all your life if you just accept it as something that's part of your uh, part of your rituals. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, and we're you know we're we're trying to connect people both young, you know, younger and older, different levels of management and you know non-management jobs, trying to connect them together just as a support for each other because it's mm-hmm. a hard world right now. And if you can have that support and you can have somebody say, "Yep, I know exactly what you're going through," you know, talk to me if you're having a hard time. And apparently, we've been pretty successful. I, you know, I think I. I have more passion for that than the job that I actually get paid for, but it is what it is. (laughs) It is what it is. All right, young lady, behave the rest of the day. Me? But I never Mm -hmm. not behave. Come on. That's a good point. It's a very good point, I think. Absolutely. You guys have a wonderful day. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. I have a question for you guys. So do you think most people are very like sequestered sheltered lives and they never get exposed to things so finally when they get a little older and they are exposed to them they can't handle it is that part of it yes Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And the, 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 uh, there's a very specific reason I'm asking you that. Because I do remember in 1957, I think it was, so I was six years old, I uh, picked up the newspaper and I was reading an article about Christine Jorgensen. Oh, sure, yeah. You, you remember that? Now, yes. the two younger guys, you might not remember her name. No, I don't. Yeah, it was a huge story. Uh, well, here's here's a description. In those days, it was called Sex Change. Sex Change. That's exactly what it was called. Yep. yep. Uh, here's the story. December 1st, 1952, she made the front page of the New York Daily News under the headline, XGI Becomes Blonde Beauty, Operations Transform Bronx Youth. And I remember reading, not that particular story, but there was another story in the newspaper, and I was reading about it, and I asked my mother about it. And instead of going, oh, don't read that. That's you're too young to read that. She sat down with me and talked about it. Mm. She didn't understand it. She didn't know what it meant because nobody had ever heard of that before, having a sex change, you know. Um, But she tried to explain it as best she could. Then I've said many other times, I got a little bit older, and there was a person in our neighborhood. Are they still called hermaphrodites, or is that a term that's gone Hermaphroditism doesn't exist in humans. It doesn't. It's a biological... Uh, term that doesn't apply to human beings. It applies so just to certain them. lizards. Because back then they did call human beings that. They called it, but it was erroneous. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But anyway, they would sit down and talk to the neighborhood guys, and at the time I'm probably nine, something like that, about what that meant. Do you think because I was ex- exposed to different things like that, that my mother didn't say, oh, just what are you doing reading that for? And just She embraced it and said, well, I'll sit down and talk to you about it. No problem. Do you think that's why I don't care about stuff like this? Because I remember I left that at five years old, six years old, I guess it was. I left that conversation with my mother. And I, I even then at six years old, I went, well, okay, whatever. I, it wasn't I think like that a, your, your mothers have a lot to do with whether you feel shame over things that yeah. you know, aren't that that you know, ideally are not shameful. Yeah, I think so. So I, it was a much healthier way to grow up, and I, you know, she's raising the family basically by herself because that was a year. So I must have been seven, actually, not six, because my father was in the uh, the um, institution. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe maybe that's what drove her to sit down and tell me the truth about this. This is this, and this is that. As you know, Mike, uh, one of my best friends in the world, yeah, decided he wanted to become a woman, and that was 30 years ago. That's that's about 25. right. Yeah, I think it was 25 at least. Yeah. Yeah, I to this day I still don't understand why people give a rat's ass about that. Why why you'd get upset? The person wanted to do it. That's their life. Let them live their life. Right. Right. Yep. I got very lucky. Another, I didn't realize how lucky I was on a, yet another front. Every like couple of weeks, I discover how lucky I am in one area or another because of the breaks I caught, and this one just came out. And it's like, okay, well, I think it's that it really makes no difference to me one way. Well, I suppose that's why when I saw that commercial, and then people, I'll never drink that again. My mother told me. I'm sorry, 66 years ago. Don't worry about it. Remember, they wanted to do that, good for them. Remember when when people, when gay people started coming out of the closet? And the more who came out, the more acceptance there was for people who, who were non-binary. Yeah. You know, once it's something that you see, once you say, oh, my God, you know, my right. my cousin, my sister, my child is gay. Then all of a sudden, like even Dick Cheney flipped overnight. And and so a lot of it is just, you know, you need to be 
exposed to things and understand mm-hmm. that these things are pretty much normal. Everything's kind of normal, you know, un- until it isn't. So I think that so, that's the awareness of that is really important. Oh, I don't think there's any question. But, you know, the, the, what this did for me today is I'm even more proud of my mother. I adored yeah. my mother. I'm not even more proud of her going, you handle this really well with a seven-year-old boy. And I'm even more bitter toward my mother. Because <laughs> <laughs> believe me, she life. was not like that. <laughs> well, I, 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 I was know, reading. I was, well, I, I was like 11 years old, and we were at my grandmother's house, and my, my uncle was living with my grandmother at the time. He was a grown man, and he had a, he had a collection of Playboy magazines. So I'm down in the basement. Uh, and I'm in the closet where all, where all his Playboy magazines, I think he had every edition. And I'm looking through it. Maybe I was 12. And I was enjoying it immensely. And my mother comes down the stairs to say we're leaving. She sees that I'm reading the Playboy magazine. Doesn't say anything at all. But when we get home, she sits down with me and she says, I want you to understand the reason your uncle has all those Playboy magazines is that he's what we call a sex fiend. <laughs> That's the kind of talk my mother would have with me. Well, was he? Uh, no. No. Well, I, Sex I, when I told him the story, he laughed and said, well, it's true, you know, but. Yeah, there you go. I don't think it was. I mean, I guess maybe we're all sex fiends to, to some extent. Uh, but, I guess. But, you know, I mean, to say that to. I mean, and, and believe me, all I thought was, man, that woman is nuts. Yeah, I understand. But that. I'm not oh, my. saying that similar things she said or did weren't infused at me as a much earlier age mm-hmm. i probably yeah, was true. you know i don't remember the other things i just remember that teachable moment okay so can we give people i know we got to go here but can we can we get to a point with people go maybe we don't have to piss all over everybody else just because they're not like you doesn't mean it's a bad thing can we ever accept that or is that just never going to happen i'm saying yes Good. I'm an optimist. Well, you're a yes man. Yeah, I'm a yes man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, there you yes. Go. Yes, we can. All right. You know, I, w- I would just recommend that there's, you know, I talked I talked to you last week about a book I'm reading by Timothy Egan about the Ku Klux Klan. Yes. I think you get a lot of insight into this whole issue of hate if you, if you, uh, if you understand yeah. the history of the Ku Klux Klan. Timothy Pretty Egan interesting is the outfit. guy's name. It's a great book. <clears throat> What's the name? What's the name of the guy? I, it's his name is Timothy Egan, E G A N. Oh, okay. And it's stuff that you know. I guess you know people at one time or another. People knew all about this, but I didn't know much about the Ku Klux Klan. My parents would never talk about that. My dad only no, told me about that. growing up with the Ku Klux Klan when he was on his deathbed, and that's when he told me that when he was living in Tulsa. You know, in the in the twenties, thirties, he got beat up by the the sons of Klan members, you know, almost on a weekly basis. Because he was a Jew. Yeah. Okay, there you go. I forgot. I used to know what Ku Klux meant. I know what the Klan part means. What what does Ku Klux mean again? A circle. I circle. Have, yeah, it's like a circle. Yeah. I heard it was supposed to represent the sound of a shotgun being racked. Well, I could be wrong. What I read in the books was that the clux part is is basically means a circle. Yeah, clux. Yes. I don't know about the other stuff. Though. Well, let's see here. I wonder if I could track it's, it down. Because yeah, we it's know what we get that means. before we leave here today. We can't stop the show. We can't end the <laughs> exactly, show until Jimmy. we learn. I think the the what? KU stands for Kansas University. Oh, that's the nice. Kansas University <laughs> class. That's really of course. nice. Yes. 
Well, I mean, they have to be a little crazy if you look, uh, read the titles that they give themselves. You would think so, wouldn't you? Imperial Wizard? Supreme Grand Wizard? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Nighthawks? Mm-hmm. They've got that the, all over. The Invisible Empire and the Realm? It's all very magical. And you'd like to say that they did it as kind of a whimsical thing, but they were not whimsical people. It's weird because, yeah, the names sound like something a group of teenagers would give themselves, yeah. like when they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Or maybe when they have a treehouse. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's very, uh, it's not apropos, I guess I would say. Yeah. All right, boys, I think we we saved a lot of people today. We did. Of course. What do you think? It was, it was magical. It was magical. All right, man. Oh, God. Now, here you go. Here's a coincidence. Nine minutes ago, I received an email from Bo Siegel. Ah. Oh, there you go. All right. And it was before we talked about his brother, or now sister. Really? But Boski. I love Boski. Yeah. Great guy. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks. (laughs) 